Hey, what's up? There we go. Okay, you ready to do this? Oh, yeah, I'm ready, buddy. Okay, here we go. Okay, welcome, viewers. This is our first uh, ever episode of uh, Let's Talk Sports with your host, the personality and the specimen. Um, today, we are going to be talking about uh, NFL divisions and free agency frenzies and uh, the big TV deal that the NFL just signed. Um, so, I'm going to let you, specimen, take this off. So, where were we going to start today is the NFC East. So we're going to just start off with that and see exactly what's kind of the implications so far of the free agency and depart, like if anybody's left the division. So I'm starting off with the biggest thing, Dak Prescott's deal, which a lot of people thought was crazy when it happened. He signed that four-year, $160 million contract, and people thought under this current salary cap that that was going to be kind of hamper the Dallas Cowboys because they already had Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott signed long-term. That's where later on we're going to touch on it. But with the new salary coming up in the next five years, this deal looks decent, I think, because if you let Dak Prescott go, you're not going to get somebody in free agency with his talent because you're going to have to give away so much. Like for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson – they were they're talking three, four first rounders, players, and I think that's why Dallas kept Dak. Do I think he's a top five quarterback? No, I don't. I think he's somewhere near the bottom of the top ten, nine, eight, ten, depending. He had a great year to start last year, but I think Dak Prescott, the deal it the way the NFL works is whoever's up next. So he was up next. He should have been paid a few years ago and in the past, teams have done this and not paid the guy when they should have, and then you owe him way more. Recently, Le'Veon Bell, that would be the one I would touch on. Everybody hated on Le'Veon Bell a few years ago when Pittsburgh, but if they would have signed him before the David Johnson and Todd Gurley deal, you get him for $10 million instead of 14 So you this should have been done a long time ago, and I think that now that it's done, he, they can kind of move on. What do you think? I agree. I think the Cowboys are uh, they're shaping up to be a scary team. I a lot of people think Dak's top five. I don't agree. I don't even think he's top ten. But uh, last year he would he would have. I think they would have made the playoffs last year um, if he wouldn't have got hurt. But after he got hurt, I was actually a little nervous. I didn't think he was going to get paid after he got hurt. I was actually I was the opposite of you. I was a little shocked that he did get paid just based on the injury, and they didn't really have a chance to see what he was going to do after the injury. Like, a lot of injuries will aggravate a player and they won't be able to uh, compete at the level they're competing at. So it'd be interesting to see what he does next year. I know that the Cowboys have really given him a lot of uh, options. They just signed Godwin, too, I just saw. Yeah, C.J. Godwin, though. That's like the DB. They have yeah. him. They have... Well, And then they signed uh, Niels, too. So safety, that was uh, like uh, Keanu Niels. Yeah, from um, Atlanta. Yeah, that was huge because they needed a safety. Like, their defense was lacking. Yeah, so, and that's what they've addressed so far. It's been mostly other than Dak, it's been defense. And I think that's where you could look at the Dallas Cowboys in the draft even. if They have the receivers. They have the running back. They can kind of take whatever's best. And I, they got those linebackers, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. So they got some – Decent. It'll be interesting, though, because I was thinking if this salary was going to stay about the same, they would probably have to lose one of them. But now knowing that it's going to be moving up because of the TV deal, which we'll touch on later, 
I think yeah. Dallas is actually set up rather well, other than I think Dak Prescott's deal, like I said, should have been done a long time ago. And Amari Cooper's way overpaid when you look at him. And Ezekiel Elliott's not the old Zeke. So it's hard to not pay Dak when you're paying Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott top flight money. And the team loved him. And when he got hurt last year, I've never seen that where the entire team comes over and like kind of touches him on the shoulder, hoping that the season is over. But you knew it was when Dak went down because Andy yeah. Dalton jumping in there. It just Andy Dalton does what he does, but he's not a game changer. And that's what Dallas needs. Like Andy Dalton on another team, I think maybe can like Chicago, maybe get them into the playoffs, but Dallas needs a game changer. And that's where Dak comes in. Uh, I agree. I agree with you there. Like Ar- Armani Cooper way overpaid in my opinion, but in saying that, like, yeah, he's overpaid, but if you look at what's been going on in Dallas, he hasn't really had a chance to uh, to put up numbers. And in in, if you look at, like, Dak getting hurt, Dalton wasn't really being that successful on the field. And then you have McCarthy that really couldn't even pull his head out of his ass. So it was, like, it was just chaos last year down there, in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's where it led into kind of these other teams, actually, like the next team on the list, New York. The Giants. I see how the Giants last year, they were close right there. Then Washington, they were fighting. And I think the Giants, that's where that big signing happened on, I believe it was Friday. Kenny Galladay signed that four-year, $72 million deal with them. And they that got, was huge. Yeah, 18 mil a year for the Giants. That's what they're going to throw at him. And then they got John Ross on a one-year deal. First-round pick a few years ago from Cincinnati. And now they've got Kyle Rudolph. Like, they're bolstering up this offense to – try to make a push. They already had Sterling Shepard and they, um, they're having, they lost golden Tate, right? So they're getting younger. They got John Ross is on that $2.5 million deal. So it's not a crazy deal. It's kind of a prove it. I don't mind it. He's a speedster where Kenny Galladay's deal. I think it's weight when you, how you feel about Dak getting paid too much being a Lions fan. I know Kenny Galladay just got way overpaid. You look at him and yeah. getting more than Devonte Adams. And that's an issue. I think, that the Giants signing him, this is going to hold them back more than anything, is a four-year deal. And Juju just signed an $8 million one-year deal with Pittsburgh. And I don't think Juju's that much, like, worse than Kenny Galladay. Like, I would put them in about the same boat. I think yeah. Kenny Galladay, his numbers were kind of pushed up because of Stafford in Detroit. It'll be interesting to see what New York can do, right, with Daniel Jones if – I guess they're trying to throw it all in there and see what they can get because they got Devontae Booker now too. They have, well, Saquon, if he comes back, this team should be really, if you look at it, in my opinion, this team and the Dallas Cowboys and probably the Washington Football Club, those are probably the three. I don't see the next one that we'll talk about after the Giants doing much. But what do you think of the Giants? Do you think that Kenny Galladay contract is something you would do? I don't like the Galladay contract at all, but in saying that, like the Giants, the Giants really haven't been anything since Eli left. Like they got a quarterback, um, but really, like they're the Giants. They're just they're there, and they haven't made noise in a while. So that's exciting for for me to see that they picked up Galladay because they're they're trying to better their team, and the fact that they picked up uh, Jones. Man, the kid's so fast. Like, ridiculous. 
Yeah. Oh, John oh. Ross. Yeah, he's super. Yeah, yeah Ross. Ross. You know, you're good. He's he's super fast, and he goes. The nice part about him is he fits into that spot, right? They have three receivers: Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Then their tight ends are Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. They're pretty loaded. They can run two tight end sets. You have Saquon, Devontae Booker. Your team's pretty loaded. Now, their biggest question is probably going to be their defense. Reggie Raglan, they signed from Detroit. Blake Martinez is a stud. Leonard Williams, they re-signed, which was a good deal for them. And yeah. I, I just don't like their defense. Jabril Peppers, I love at safety from Michigan. And Logan Ryan, I like those two pieces. But they could easily use a great corner. It'd be interesting to see who are they, what they addressed in the draft in the next month here. And try to, it looks like they're almost done, I would say, for the big signings and free agency. And they'll probably try to address a few things over the draft. That's what I see with the Giants. And they're going all in for Daniel Jones. He's wrapped in talent. Two tight ends, three receivers. And Devontae Burkhart is a backup to Saquon. But if Saquon goes down, I don't see this team. I think if Saquon stays healthy, they win the division. Otherwise, Saquon goes down and I don't see, who knows? They're struggling again, I think. And who, okay, who is uh, their coach in New York? New York Giants coach. That's a good question. Who is the New York Giants coach? I was just trying to think of that. I was like, who is their coach right now? Because it was that, wasn't it that old guy? Uh, No, Drew Judge, it says. I think you were thinking Jason Garrett, but I think Jason Garrett's like their OC. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. That's, that's who it is. So Joe I Judge, I honestly don't know much about him. So no, neither do I. That's why I was like, hmm. But I think so they'll be an interesting team this year. It's it'll be interesting to see what what New York can pull out of the hat here. Yeah, they're going to be in the mix. It'll be interesting. The next one, Philadelphia. That's the one. Philadelphia makes no sense to me at all. And of the four teams in this division in this free agency, I would say that probably. New York and Washington Football Club have done the most. Mm-hmm. Dallas kind of tried to retain most of what they had with that Dak Prescott and that kind of their salary cap. They can't do a lot of moving right now, so they'll try to address theirs. But Philadelphia, I have no idea what they're doing. That Carson Wentz move made no sense losing Carson. Yeah, he sucked at the end of last year. I never thought he was rated, though, as high as everybody. That year, won his first year. Everybody thought, oh, he should have won the MVP over Brady. I remember those that. And, yeah, he maybe should have if he stayed healthy. But he has never got back to that level, Carson Wentz. But you did draft him early, and you got nothing for him. And you're putting a lot into the basket of Jalen Hurts. You're you're going to go all in on Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, I don't know. I watched him lose his job in college. and Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't put all the money into this. You just spent money on Darius Slay. Then you lose Jalen Mills. It feels like this team's taking a step back. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. The Eagles, I just don't know what they re- – like, on, on paper, they're just – they don't have the – they don't match up. They might win some games like people think. Like, they have Miles Sanders and, well, Jalen Hurts. But, really, you look at the receivers, Jalen Ragyar from – then that's their number one, and I don't like any of their others. And now you, Zach Ertz is trying to get out of Philadelphia. It just seems like this team might be near yes. the end of its run. I think that they're done. I feel for Darius Slay because he left Detroit a shitty team and thought he was going to go to a good team. He picked the wrong one, in my opinion. When he did, oh hell yeah! I figured you're four and eleven here in Philly, like, and your team's old. 
Jalen Hurts, I don't even think they have a second. Like, when I'm looking right now at their depth chart, there is no second QB. Like, they're going to have to bring in some people. But if Jalen Hurts, I don't believe in him long term. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm not saying he's going to be horrible, but I just don't get it. You draft these QBs, and it's kind of what John Madden said a few years ago, I guess, and that's why he they got rid of Wentz, is if you have two QBs, you have none. You have to have one starter, and you have to roll with that guy. And, yeah, it's cool to bring in some challenges, but Jalen Hurts is coming off the bench. It's easier to do that than all week be the guy, and people are expecting more out of you. Well, it doesn't make sense. Like, they're cutting receivers. Like, they cut uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, and uh, Deshaun's gone. Deshaun who? Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, like, their defensive tackles, they uh, they signed one, Ridgeway, but then they got rid of Malik. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I feel like they've been in, a, like, a hot mess, honestly, since Andy Reid has left. Since Andy Reid has left and gone to Kansas City, I feel like Philadelphia has been just tumbling downhill ever since. Then the only argument on that one is the Super Bowl, right? They won with Doug Peterson. He came in, he saved them. They turned into that team. They beat New England and they had a good year with him. Doug Peterson, it just fell apart. I don't know what happened. It was like they got the Super Bowl hangover and then they could just never put it together. They had a lot of injuries. Their receiving core has never been in my opinion, a top flight one. Deshaun Jackson's a home run hitter and everybody in Philly loves him. But at the end of the day, he's not an elite receiver that at go time you can throw it to. And Carson no. Wentz has went to a team now with no receivers really either. So hopefully Indy can keep T.Y. I thought they would have went after Juju or Kenny Galladay, but it makes sense that they didn't when Kenny Galladay gets paid that much and Juju gave Pittsburgh the hometown discount. I think Pitt, I think Philadelphia firing, like they fired their coach who got them there. That's a hard thing. Like if you finally win, yeah, it's been a few years since they won, but you fire your head coach, Doug Peterson. And now I, I don't know what they're going to do. Like Nick Sariani is their new one. And I don't know about that. I like, no. When I've been listening to things on him, I don't think he's the real deal. And I, Philly, like, there's not much to talk about. Like you said, Ridgeway's your big signing. And they, I guess they signed Anthony Harris from Vikings and bolster up the safety, but you lost Jalen Mills. I, this team is just, there's no direction. And it'll be interesting to see where they go in the draft because really you look at their team and they could go anywhere. And that's well, what and I they see. Don't, and they, they don't have a leader right now. Like, you know, like back in the day, Philly had like uh, you had Andy Reid, you could always rely on. Then you had um, Brian Dawkins, yeah, Brian Dawkins. Then you had uh, McNabb, like you had some legends. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And like a lot of people talk shit about McNabb, but he was one of those players you could hit him all day. He's still getting up. Yeah. So it's like he's he was like uh, he he was like Brett Favre in my opinion. Like beat him all you want, the guy's still getting up. Like yeah, he played a game hate, with broken ribs. Like it's yeah, it's like hate on him, hate on him. Go ahead, like the guy, like. He's he's putting up numbers and he's hurt. Like, come on. That's Philly, though. They hate on their own fans, right? Or they're on their own yeah. players, right? That's Philadelphia. But bridging into market. the next team, Washington football team, this is the team I think that of all of them that has made the biggest push. It's kind of interesting a few of their moves. I really like what they've done. I thought their defense is hands down the best. You have four first-round picks, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Payne, and Montez Sweet. And their linebackers are not great, but 
I think they could actually address one here. If the Penn State guy falls in the draft, I could see him maybe going here. They just have decent guys behind, like Bostick. Landon Collins comes back at the back end, and they have Curl, other safety. I like their defense a lot, and I didn't think that they needed to address too much on it, and they were smart. You look at what they've done, they just, the only guy they've added was William Jackson, right? And that was a good little corner for them. They actually have a really good team, I think. And the Fitzpatrick signing makes Washington, he finally gets some love, right? He is, is going to be him and Heineke fighting out. And then you have Gibson, who was great last year. J.D. McKissick mm-hmm. fits their system in throwing. And then they went and got Terry, well, they have Terry McLaren, but they got his teammate, Curtis Samuel. So you got two speedsters. I'd be looking at this team. Cam Sims is a big guy, but I would look at maybe this team could easily this would be a good fit if Zach Ertz put him with Logan Thomas, something like that. I could see this team with their money going after a guy like that. They could use one more weapon, or in the draft, they could also take an old lineman here. Just as you never they have did, enough they of them. Did, they did pick up an old lineman. They picked up a new center, Larson. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, they did. And Sheriff, and he, but you could always use another. That's what I'm thinking is you yeah. receive the franchise tag on your guard. You might draft another, like. They could go, this team's interesting because they could go anywhere. The other thing that would be really interesting, I think, for them is Washington, if, if however, they made the playoffs, right? So their pick isn't super high. Is if one of those offensive weapons falls, like if Kyle Pitts from Florida doesn't get picked early, yep. he's supposed to go early. But if he falls, Washington could really use another weapon. And it'd be interesting to see with Fitzmagic there, I think that, Heineke is going to develop into a good, like a very good uh, QB under him if you have Fitzpatrick, because that's what he does. Is And I think he could actually, fi- he might finally have a team that the defense is good enough. There's some offensive weapons and they won't let him down as much. I think this is my personal pick to win the division. Oh, I 100% agree. And just by like kind of looking at where the coaching staff and things are taking this, you have Fitzpatrick um, as a center. He got his ass beaten up as a Miami Dolphin. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like, this guy was on the ground probably three-quarters of the game, in my opinion. And now, okay, they just brought over from Miami, though, the center. So you have, uh, he's 6'4", 235 pounds, Larson, which is good. But I just read an interesting stat. So in 68 games... And 18 starts, he's only allowed one sack in his career. Right. That's lethal. That's your center. Yeah. That, that's your that's your big boy. So I'm actually I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do here. Like, and their coach, like just his story, like Riv, Riv like Riv is such a beast. Yeah. I, I, I think that, like I think exactly what you said. I think that they Fitz Magic comes in. I think he can push this team to the next level and the Washington football team of these first four, how we are talking is I think that they, I think they're my favorites with New York and Dallas in that second spot and Philly is the worst. That's kind of where I have it going is if I was picking today, it'll be Washington probably making the playoffs. This division is the weakest division I think in the NFL and people, they, it's funny how the TV, like all the commentators always try to shove it down your throat. The only team that I think can beat other teams in the, like at a sustained level as Washington. I think New York has a lot of growing pains and Dallas. I think the same is unless Dak's going off and even in Dallas had Dak, they weren't winning a lot of games. And 
I think they might be no. in the playoffs, but that defense in Washington is going to win them this division. It'll be interesting if they can, where they go from there, can they make a playoff run? They had a good, decent game against Tampa Bay at the first round of playoffs with Fitzmagic. Can they few holes in a, in the draft, look at them to take, they can, they're in a good situation where they can almost take best player available. Yeah. And like, I just look at them. They're the most consistent in the division. Yeah. You know, and like, especially bringing in Fitz, Fitzmagic, like, I love Fitzpatrick. Like, he is magical to watch. And he's older. He's going to slow the pace down for the younger guys. And he makes completions. And he gives you a chance. Like you said, Hurts, uh, he's not going to be able to help. I don't, like, Jones, there's just too many moving parts going around in New York right now. I would say the only competition that Washington has in that division, in my opinion, as of right now on paper, would be the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. And then moving into the next division, NFC North, I'm going to start it off with Chicago, Andy Dalton signing that for them. And then, yeah, and then they get Allen Robinson to actually sign that franchise tag. So, A-Rob, great player. I think they needed him. He's their offense, in my opinion. The rest of their signings don't make a bunch of sense, really, if you look at them. They're decent moves here. They try to bolster it. But I think their biggest thing was, like, they got – few DNs and a few old linemen and Desmond Trufant from the Lions, but he wasn't very good last year. I think that this team might have actually taken a step back other than Andy Dalton by the simple fact that if they trade Akeem Hicks, their biggest hole is this team is going to have to take a D tackle because when I watched the Bears last year, for instance, when they played the Saints, he Hicks is a big boy in there and losing him is, is going to be huge. They lost Fuller as well. I don't actually they like those Fuller. And I actually thought that going after Russell Wilson would hamper this team more than anything. So I don't mind the Andy Dalton signing. Look at maybe this team to, once Nick Foles is off, to get a quarterback in here because they fucked up pretty bad with Trubinsky there. First round pick, but it's easier to say afterwards. But I, I just didn't love it when it happened, that pick. This team's kind of set back, and I thought that everybody was pumped about the Russell Wilson. The thing that I don't think people understand is it's not just Russell Wilson plugged into the Bears. It's what you would have to get rid of. Khalil Mack, maybe. Roquan Smith. And in my opinion, the one guy on the Bears that I wouldn't move at all is Roquan Smith. As much much as people love Khalil Mack as he's aging, Roquan's going to be that dot on the helmet, run your defense. Reminds me a lot of Lance Briggs type, but more athletic. And Erlacher with the leadership, but he's more athletic. Him and Devin White in Tampa Bay are the best two backers, I think, right now of the young up-and-comers. So I think that the Bears actually were smart, keep their defense intact, and then kind of try to run a year with Andy Dalton, see what can go on. And and if it works, maybe another year. But I I could see them drafting. And maybe another receiver would be good there too. What do you think? Yeah, like I don't know how Andy Dalton's going to do. Ooh. Hello? Oh, my internet was just being shoddy. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know how Andy Dalton's going to do there. I don't see – he doesn't have the weapons on offense. Um, his O-line's okay. But they're not going to be putting up numbers. Like, I don't see Chicago – like, they're not beating Green Bay. I don't – like, them against the Vikings right now, I would put the Vikings up. And as of the way Detroit sits, I see Detroit beating them. 
The only thing I think Chicago has yeah, and that's the next team is they have the edge on the defense. Those two bridge always together because you know what the Lions sucked last year badly. They were they're my squad, but they sucked badly. And that big move Matthew yep. Stafford out of town, some people hated it, but the way I viewed it was they got so much in return for him. And I think the Bears are got the nudge right now over Detroit. I would probably put Green Bay, Chicago, then Minnesota, then Detroit. Detroit's a wild card this year because Patricia set them so far back. Jared Goff, everybody was hating on him, but I, I like the trade because you get two firsts out of it and a third. And Matthew Stafford's in his 30s. I, the Lions aren't going to win with him right now. Their chance to win with Matthew Stafford was when they had Sue and Kelvin. They kind of press reset. Goff isn't as good as him, but Goff could – he wants to be there, so it's kind of cool to see if you. I wouldn't draft a QB this year. I would kind of see what Jared Goff's got, and I'd go receiver maybe in the first round. Or the Lions have so many holes, you could go anywhere. But I wouldn't draft a tight end in the first round because we've done that enough. But they could fill in any spot. They resigned. They like got Tyrell Williams. They got Brashard Perryman. Then they got Quintez Cephas, and in the backfield they got Swift, who's amazing. They stole Jamal Williams from Green Bay. There's a lot of, like, pieces here. Their biggest piece, I think they got to build around, though, is Hawkinson. He's a great tight end. Gives Goff a guy to look to. And their offense just is not – and they lost Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Their receivers aren't what they were. This is a depleted team, in my opinion, and they need to address a receiver in the draft would be my first pick. Jamar Chase from LSU would be my personal pick. They need a guy to give Jared Goff. It's hard to hate on a guy when – Really, he hasn't. He's coming into not much talent here. Where Stafford bolstered, and that's where Kenny Galladay got paid. I think is you're not, if you're in fantasy or if you're a huge Giants fan, don't expect what Kenny Galladay did two years ago to happen again because Stafford's not there and Daniel Jones is not Matthew Stafford. That's just... and see that you hit the nail on the head right there. Like, yeah, you put up numbers, but then when Players get traded to different teams. You have to look who's throwing them the ball, who's like you know, who's blocking for them. Like there's a lot of variables in the play. Just because a player has talent, yeah, that's that's good. Like you know, sometimes you're born with natural God-given talent, but you also need. Football is a team game, folks. Like it's more than one player on the field. So and that and it was that's touching back to your. Uh, Russell Wilson situation in uh, Chicago. Like, no. You would have to sell the farm for him. It's not worth it. So, I, I like, I don't know. And I they agree. Just with, cut, like, so they uh, signed Tim Boyle. He was Green Bay's backup, and they got rid of Chase Daniel. Like, they, they're re this team because Patricia destroyed it, right? Okay. I like what they did on the D-line. They brought in some great, like, re-signing Okawara yeah. because his little brother's there. He gave a hometown discount. Like he's not from there, but like a three-year deal worth thirty-nine million compared to JJ Watt's deal. This is a great deal for Detroit. They trade a seventh-round pick for Michael Brockers. I would honestly, and I've preached this for yeah. years. Anybody who knows me is right now. Look at Detroit with Flowers, Alcuar, and Brockers. If Sue doesn't get re-signed in Tampa Bay, I'm calling a reunion tour because he worked with Brockers. The Rams brought in Kong Sue, and that's the GM of the Lions now. And your D-line coach made them pick Aaron Donald years ago, the Rams. He's yeah. now with the Lions. And if Sue's going to go anywhere other than Tampa Bay, I could see him plugging in with Brockers, Flowers, Okawara, and look for Detroit to maybe draft a backer to go with Jamie Collins. 
the guy from Penn State, rebolster this defense. Their biggest hole is defense, and it was horrible last year. And Patricia was supposed to be this guy. And that's just where the Lions have failed. And I think that they can almost take any position and other than tight end and QB because I would let Jared Goff have a year or two and see if it would look stupid if you did the, what Green Bay did. You draft a QB and the guy can ball. And if Goff can ball, you wasted a pick. I would just – he's still in his 20s. You got to – you traded and – it's kind of, we're not going to wait make the playoffs, so you might as well throw the, kind of see what we got. Because the next team is the big one. The next team we're going to talk about is Green Bay, and that's the big boy one. And I think Green Bay is the champ of this division again. I don't know about you, but I think that, that re- Aaron Jones re-signing, some people way too much for a running back, but he's he's so important to that team. And I think that they're at the point, Green Bay, and that's kind of my bridging is they needed weapons, right? Aaron Rodgers is amazing. I think when you're talking about a top QB, I've always yep. said I love Brady, I love Drew Brees, but Aaron Rodgers is right up there. MVP again, he can ball, and they screwed up. Like you and I talked off cam, like off off the record a while ago, is they take a receiver there last year. And yeah. That game versus Tampa Bay, not the first one because they got outplayed in Tampa, but. That playoff game goes a hell of a different way, I think. You got Devontae Adams. Yeah. Rodgers has got to throw it to him four times in the red zone, and they didn't score. He doesn't have those weapons that other QBs do. He has Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and then they have decent players, other, but not not to the level like Scantling or whatever is neat. Like, they don't have the players that I would love for Green Bay as much as I hate this team as if a receiver falls for them to take them. And I think this team's the one team in the NFC that can beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs is the Green Bay Packers because they have the talent. And Aaron Jones re-signing was a huge one. I agree 100% there because by bringing in a running back, you have Aaron Jones who's getting older in age. So you run the ball a little more, you take the pressure off, you set up your play action. You give Aaron some time. Why not? Smart pick. Um, the only thing, like, I agree. Like, they need another receiver because if you got Adams, like you saw in the playoffs last year, when it's clutch time, you got to throw the ball to him. Well, he's getting double, triple teams. You don't have enough, you don't have enough, um, like, options to uh, free him up. Like, if you had even one more star, you know, on the no, other exactly. side, then you give him a free side. Like you can't double both. So it's yeah, they, they need they need more help for their stars in uh in Green Bay, in my opinion. Because like Rogers and Adams can't do everything on offense themselves. Yeah. Their defense is, though, their defense is you know what always their defense is hit again. That Kevin King pick a few years ago was huge for them. And their corner, he's a great piece. Preston Smith, linebacker, and Kenny Clark is your nose. They then got Damian Harrison, who was with the Lions and the Seahawks, and before that, the Giants. Their defense is good. I think their biggest problem, like I said, is they have Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and those are threes. That's the third piece. You have Devontae Adams. I would like them to play the slot, either of those two, and then get a good receiver. Like last year, Justin Jefferson, a guy like that. Look at one of the Bama guys to fall, maybe. You never know in the draft. Some people think... All these receivers will go early. If a guy falls Green Bay, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the year and saying draft, 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 because I need all the help I can get here. Because he's been 
especially in the playoffs there, they were hitting them a lot. And I, I just see that throughout the season, it's almost like Tampa Bay, like iron, what is the old saying? Iron sharpens iron or whatever. Like Tampa Bay had fights with New Orleans and New Orleans helped them win the Super Bowl. I think getting your ass kicked twice, that pushed them. But Green Bay didn't have that. Green Bay has the Detroit yep. Lions shit in the bed, like playing horrible football. It was like they were throwing away the year. And Chicago, I'm sorry, but like you said, Chicago, their biggest problem is the Andy Dalton signing. And I think that's why they looked at the Russell Wilson one was, can they, does Andy Dalton get in a shootout with uh, Aaron Rodgers? No, Aaron Rodgers' head's like so much better than every QB in this division, especially now that Stafford's gone. Like I like Goff, but I think Goff could easily be the second or third. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings right now would be the second best, I would say. And I don't know about them. They get rid of Stefan Diggs. They're in the same thing. They have they have some great pieces, and that's my bridge into the Vikings is they have some great pieces. They have Their signings have not made sense to me at all. You have Patrick Peterson, who's old. You sign him. I don't like that signing. He didn't look that great last year. Maybe he bounces back in a defensive-friendly scheme in Minnesota. But Justin Jefferson's amazing, and Adam Thielen's amazing, and they got Delvin Cook, and they got some pieces. But – the Vikings have put so much onto Kirk Cousins, and I don't know if Kirk Cousins is the answer long like down the road because Rodgers, like the team we just talked about, is the team. I think that it's going to be hard to beat Green Bay with this Vikings roster. I think that yeah. what you said earlier, you thought they were number two. I could see them being number two in the division. Their biggest thing is, I think it's that Chicago team with Dalton maybe, but the Vikings need to put a team together and that they're still living off that high a few years ago of when they beat the saints off that late hail Mary. And that team was much better than the team they have now. I just, I don't see the Vikings as a team that can beat green Bay. Green Bay's ran the division and I look at theirs and there's no crazy signings. You're signing an old corner. Patrick Peterson was good a few years ago and maybe he's a veteran and can bring it into the locker room. But I, I don't see this team, and I look over a few of their picks, and there's nothing that stands out to me. Delvin Tomlinson is a great D tackle for them, but I don't know. Yeah, man, huge. I, I think he's gonna like the guy's young. He's yeah. fast, uh, very fast off the ball. Actually, like the guy's like he rips it, but uh, they took well, they, they, they have they, uh, yeah they picked up, up a few guys, Jack BB, but like. You have Hill, uh, Hill, you have Weatherly, you have yeah. Big Vigil. Like, the, I don't know. Nothing jumps out of the paper to me. Like, I look at their defense, and it's great. Daniel Hunter's amazing. I would look at maybe Everson Griffin going back. He was away with Dallas and then Detroit. They need some pieces here. I love Harrison Smith. He's a great safety. He's mean. They can build some things, but... I, I just don't know. Maybe Patrick Peterson bounces back. Maybe I'm wrong on that, and I could easily be wrong. But I, I just see this team as kind of – if anybody makes a huge move, and I think that nobody has, even in Green Bay. Green Bay, we'll see in the draft, but they're going to address it mostly that way. I thought they were going to get Will Fuller, and they didn't really – I think Aaron Rodgers, other than the Aaron Jones signing, has to be sitting back thinking what's going on. Because I rate the division Green Bay, then Viking, Chicago fighting – and Detroit is the bottom feeder because there's just a lot to fill in in that team. But there, yeah, it's yeah, their teams. It's not like 
I don't know. I just, know. Like I, I just don't now. see anything jump off the like, page on most of those teams. Like, I see the Lions doing lots of signings, and people can get excited. But you got to remember, they were so far behind Chicago and the Vikings, and they just they just weren't a great division team last year. And it's pressing reset. No Marvin Jones. No Kenny Galladay. And if you look at that whole division, like the NFC North, you, like Stafford's gone to Detroit, so you got Goff there, so it's new, new face. But I, I don't like um, the quarterback in uh, Kirk Cousins in uh, who is this Minnesota here? Cousins, garbage, garbage. Like he's not gonna win. Like he's okay. He's not better than Aaron Rodgers, and he's not better than Goff. So. Okay, arguably him and Dalton, I would yeah. say that's like that's like pulling. And straws, Andy Dalton, if they get know? some weapons, they've always had struggles with Green Bay, but they could easily push their team up. They need a receiver. Allen Robinson, I would assume, is maybe gone after this year, so they're another team. A receiver falls to them. Look at them taking one. I know Bears fans probably want a QB, but really, you're in this right now. You got to give Andy Dalton a few weapons and. I'd get a receiver. Allen Robinson plays out his franchise tag, and then you move on and go with the young kid. But yeah, that covers that those first two divisions. So we'll move into the next, and that's thanks to our sponsor. I think yeah. Fit Code Conditioning is fitness a daunting task for you? What exercises should do you do? Is this a question you have? How often should I do them? Should I do resistance training, cardio, or core exercises? If any of these questions or what you are thinking right now with all this going on, then the answer is the Fit Code Conditioning Online Training App. Workouts come with visual aids, so every exercise has full videos. It demonstrates the form, the range of motion, and how to set up your exercises for success. This The app also pairs with MyFitnessPal, so you can get the calories tracked so you can stay on because nutrition is huge. It also pairs with Fitbit, Fitbit Apple Watch, so you can track your heart rate, whether during a workout or through cardio. The easy-to-use app makes your dreams come reality. You simply log on. You follow the setup for each day. You just follow it. It's just you walk through the exercises. It's amazing. It tracks your weights for each exercise. So you can see the next time you log in, your personal best, what you did last time, and where you're going with this. It's an amazing app. It changed a lot in the fitness industry. And if you want to apply for it you go to fitcoconditioning.ca we will have the link in the description and you go under online training and apply the exercises everything are huge there is a nutrition plan included with one for 75 dollars if you just want workouts it's 50 dollars a month and everybody's welcome from any skill in fitness if whether you're a workout holic or if you've never hit the gym it's a great way to take your fitness to the next level fit code conditioning live by your own code Yeah, so that's our sponsor, Fit Code Conditioning. And it's nice, folks, because with COVID going on right now, um, everyone's not able to get to a gym. And I've actually tried this uh, this process out myself. It's helped me. So uh, check it out because you don't also you don't need workout equipment or nothing. It's uh, you use your own body and weight I, and stuff. Moving so on, out, folks. The next thing is that hot take that we like moving to do. On. We're take a little break here in between our divisions. We talked about two. And the first topic I believe we wanted to talk about, Nathan, was we wanted to talk about the huge new TV deal and what that means. And this is your topic. I think that you really want to 
get into this thing. So what do you think? Well, this TV deal is, I don't know if people heard, so it's an NFL TV deal that, um, so Amazon's throwing money in it. Basically, the NFL got um, every broadcaster together that they deal with, and they basically threw a bidding war. So um, these broadcasting stations had to bid on what games they wanted, what uh, day of the week they wanted. Uh, First time in NFL history, uh, NFL is going to a streaming site. So Amazon is actually getting the rights to the online on Thursdays um, via streaming. So that's huge. So for all you online folks, NFL is now free. You do not need cable or nothing. Which is huge, Thursday right? night football huge in is going to be on world. TV. So, yeah. So, or the internet, rather. Oh, it's massive. And, like, just the amount of revenue that's going to come from, um, like, like, online. Like, you know, like, you have, think about when you go onto Facebook and you click on, like, your Facebook and all the ads that come up. Well, think about this. This is why the NFL just got paid. Because when you start working with Amazon and stuff like that, when you're watching your NFL game, think about the advertisements that are going to be going on in that. You know what I mean? So, and they get paid filthy for that. ESPN paid $2 billion out of their own pocket um, to compete in this. Well, it's 110 So they got to keep their games. But I think that's a little ironic when it was not only... Yeah, so like I'm just interested to see how they're gonna break this up for the 32, buddy. You know, like how many teams do we have in the NFL? Or 32, so 32 teams. Well, I don't know how they're gonna do this because you're gonna have to split this up with like the guys and like that are running the NFL that aren't even like part of teams and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they break this up, but. When you have $110 billion, like, you're able to now pay, and we, we spoke about this off uh, record, too. Yeah. You're able to pay NFL players now baseball figures, which was, like, if we would have talked about this 10 years ago, people would have laughed at you. Like, that's literally, like, you know? So, it, it's really interesting to see how this is really going to catapult the game. Because I think, I think now you're, you're going to get teams – that are almost doing what's happening in the NBA, ring chasing. So you're going to have players that, okay, now we can get money. Uh, let's go to this team and let's let's make a run, you know? So you're going to get a lot of super teams, I think, which makes it exciting for the fans. But if you really have a team, and let's say that your team hasn't or isn't from like, like Detroit. a desired destination <laughs> like city, Detroit. you could be in trouble let's right now. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's be real. Detroit, yeah, that's one of them. So, <laughs> well, and it, that's what so, yeah, I thought. It'll, it'll it's be insane. I think it'll goes. be interesting too. With TV deals, do we see bigger names in the broadcast booth? Like, I've always really, and that kind of bridges into my topic of the next. I, when I dream, I dream big, right? And I, what I want is if, if I could have Sunday night football and it's not smashing Chris Collinsworth, so don't get me there, but. The NBC is saying a, a bust of an analyst, mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, right? Jerome Bettis is going to be on. They have Jerome as NBC's. He might be. Where does he fit? Is he going to be Sunday Night Football? And the biggest talk, and you got to remember this, because I know that you and I both love this guy, and he didn't get much love last year. But if I, when I dream, this is one of the names that I want in the broadcast booth when I 
sit down and have my Sunday football dinner. That's Drew Brees, and he's with NBC. He signed that TV, and I want to give him that damn right. He deserved it. And I would love to see Drew in the box calling every Sunday night football game and alongside him, if a man could dream, Peyton Manning. If we could have Drew Brees, Peyton Manning in the booth, I think that any person could then sit. And actually, you don't even need to know football. Those two are so smart. Peyton Manning has a way of breaking things down. He is such a good talker and just a leader in the league for the years he played. Drew Brees, same thing. And that's where these TV deals, I think now, rather than getting kind of second tier, third tier guys as your main talkers, other than Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's a big boy. Tony Romo, I hate to say it, everybody loves him. He annoys the hell out of me sometimes. And I think you need... I think you need a guy like Drew Brees. Everybody in the league loves He does. I personally, and if you want to keep callings, we're put Drew Brees there. But deep down the road, I want to see Peyton Manning, Drew Brees in the Sunday Night Boost. And I think, or Brady down the road, somebody. Can you imagine a team of three guys? You have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning in the booth. Like, you'd be, you're already the number one thing in the world at NFL. But can you imagine that? That would just be, that'd be like, we're in heaven. That'd be huge because, I, like, honestly, I don't, I don't like listening to Romo. He talks about all oh, the great yeah. things, like when he played. And he's back. Like, buddy, he didn't remember win. Winfield, <laughs> he didn't win. like he's back in Winfield old classics for <laughs> doing the piece, and it's like, dude, Tyree Kill shoves his own receiver coach, and he literally pieced the guy. Winfield remembers that, like Pat yeah. McAfee said, and you know what? Eat this, like basically eat this. That's what you deserve. And Tony Romo goes on there bashing. I find Tony yeah. Romo, maybe if it's your first time watching and you don't understand football and you're like trying to learn, he might be good because he doesn't shut up, but he doesn't have that insight. He's going to tell you and talk about all these plays and all this. It's cool. Yeah, it's interesting, but I would rather hear from Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and actually some people who have done something rather than fumble a extra point. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, but Tony <laughs> Romo is not the answer. Drew, yeah, I love it because everybody – yeah. I remember last year and the year before, Tony Romo's the best. And it's like Drew Brees is sitting there. He's like, hold my beer. I'm coming into the booth, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Tony Romo always makes everything about himself. Like, every time I'm watching a game, it's like, Tony, we're not yeah. talking about – it's like mute. We're when you got to mute game. the game, it's like, or, when you're going to be listening to so- – Big old Drew Brees, and you know the league loves <laughs> Injuries caught up with him, and at the end, yeah, I know he wasn't what he used to be, but his leadership skills, I think the Saints are going to miss him huge. And that was where this TV deal kind of links into my big topic was Drew Brees, and I, I'm excited to have him in the booth. And now, like I said, Jerome Bettis is a huge name too, so you're starting to see some big names come into the booth. For me, Troy Aikman was always the best because Troy Aikman, some people hated him. They make fun because yeah. he looks like Jay-Z, they say. But you know what? Troy Aikman's got some good insight. And he called it the beginning of the year that the Saints, Bucks were going to see each other. I think he forgot more about football than some of us ever knew. And I think I think he's a class act too, Troy Aikman. And I like him. It'd be cool to see him with somebody better than Joe Buck too, but. Well, I was just reading two just now. So uh, ESPN is in talks. Um, so yeah, Ray Lewis does um, like broadcasting oh, get with him panel in the panel right now. I'd love, but they're to hear talking from him. with making him a broadcaster. 
like a, a, a deep, like a, a guy from defense, right? Because I, I feel like when you're throwing guys in the booth, there's it's never defensive guys, right? It's always well, offense. We got rid of him a few years so ago. So it would be nice to get like a defensive guy right? in there. Ray Lewis talk. was talking about God on TV, and in the world we live in, you can't talk about God, right? Yeah. So he, he, you can't do that because that's just a sin, they think. So Ray Lewis, yeah. I'm opinionated there, but Ray Lewis goes there, and that's where his speech was. If you ever need something to motivate you, all our listeners, is you go watch the Ray Lewis Hall of Fame speech. He's doing a full sermon on you. And he's not going to change. He's sweat. Yeah. He's up there like he's doing the Easter Sunday <laughs> talk. And he's nope. going to tell you how it is. And I agree. You could easily. He should have been in there to begin with. Because Ray Lewis, if you ever need a story to motivate you, that last Super Bowl was insane. He tore his tricep. Nobody came back from it. He tears his tricep. He's done. Yeah. But he says, no, no. He prays to God. And he goes and he gets back to it. And the best part about Ray Lewis was the night before the Super Bowl, he retore. So he retore the tricep. He's not supposed to play. I don't even know if you knew this, but he ties his arm to the roof with T sizzle in the room because he said no. his arm is literally tied above his head because he can't have blood rush to it because then everybody would know. And he goes and plays the Super Bowl with the torn tricep. Like I'm sorry to tell you, clear from bone, this man was. If you missed the years of Ray Lewis, you missed something. This was probably the best defensive player ever alongside Lawrence Taylor and Reggie. Yeah. Those three, for me, will always be the three best at what they did, and they were all different. But Ray Lewis would be amazing because we lost. Like, Lawrence Taylor, it's too bad that he his life went the way it was because he'd be amazing to have in a booth somewhere. And Reggie White, we lost him way too early. But, yeah, Ray Lewis, I agree. Put him in a booth. It'd be cool for him and Ed Reed and let Ed Reed just smoke yep. his big old cigar. I think it'd be cool too. Like if like now with all this money too, if like um, these big broadcasting companies would start interchanging announcers, you know what I mean? Like broadcasters. So then like you do have a guy, like let's say down the road, you have a guy like Drew Brees. And then what if you had like Ray out or like Ray Lewis in the booth together, you have an offensive mind and a defensive. Could you imagine the shit they're going to talk about? Like, oh my God! That's gravy right there, in do, my opinion. Right? That'll be. It'll be. I think that topic will be one we touch on later too, as we see things. But yeah, exactly. Because I Direction. think this is going to shape the NFL in a much different uh, di- and dynamic than what we're currently seeing. And I think. You might see yeah, a couple expansion teams, teams join in. down the road with this. But one. now I'm going to bridge into the next thing, the NFC South. So the NFC South is our third division. So, and the NFC South has been a crazy. I think you and I have talked more about the NFC South in the last month or so than anything. Because you, there's so much that happened. Starting at the top, Atlanta. So that's just alphabetically not the top of the division, of course. Atlanta, what is... What has Atlanta done? Well, Atlanta is yeah. that team that their defense just blows, right? And they have this loaded offense. You have Julio Jones. You have uh, – what's the other – I'm blanking right now. Atlanta's other uh, – Kelvin Ridley. And you have – like, you have a lot of players there. Their running back yep. not so good. Gurley didn't answer. Their tight ends, they got rid of the good guy. I thought Austin Hooper. And – they brought in um, the guy from the Ravens. 
I, I didn't really like, I, I didn't see him as the same player as what they lost. And that being Hayden Hurst, right? Matt Ryan's still at QB. And I actually think that Matt Ryan, they're smart. It'll be interesting to see if Atlanta, what they do. If, do they draft a QB with Matt Ryan? They there. I kind of like Matt Ryan watching him as if their old line keeps them up. Their old line isn't very good. They could get some old linemen. They also at receiver, I forgot to mention Russell Gage. He's good. But easily when you look at this roster on offense, receivers, their strengths. I don't get rid of Matt Ryan because their old line sucks and they need a running back. And when you flip sides of the ball, their defense is in shambles. You have Deion Jones, and that's a boat for me. Then they have, I don't even, I'm going to butcher this name, but number 54, all Kuhn, Foy, side. Like he, he was good last year. I like those two pieces, but their corners, they got that first round pick last year. He was good. But like, I don't know. Long-term, this team doesn't look great on paper either. I know they signed Eric Harris, but they lost both their safeties. Ken O'Neill, who you talked about earlier. I, where do you think of Atlanta? Like, I, there's not much to talk about here, really. Well, the only thing that Atlanta really has is their youth. Like you have Josh Harris, which is their uh, their uh, Eric Harris. You mean. They just signed. Or no, him. yeah. Oh, Josh Harris. I don't know him. No, Josh Harris. Yeah, yeah. He's thirty-one. He was from Auburn, and then and then you Brady have Brady Harris. Uh, their youth on the or no, he's their long snapper. Long snapper. But then you have you have uh, Matt Ryan. He's thirty five, and then other than that, like I think they're like their average is about twenty six years old, so they're pretty young right now. Um, but I I think they need a draft. Like they for sure need to pick up a quarterback in the draft because if you think about it, um, Matt Ryan's on his way out. Like he's getting older. So if they were smart, they would almost do what. Um, Green Bay did with Favre. So you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you get Aaron Rodgers like up to speed with the game and how the NFL is and stuff, but mentoring from a great like Favre, the same thing needs to happen because Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. There's just shitty things happening in that organization. Like if you look back a couple years ago, yeah, they, they were, they the were a, like playoff team. They were winning left, right, and center. Now yeah, now you look at them, it's but like... But he's ugh. a downgrade for like they Hooper, got Hurst, Hurst Like, they downgraded at that position. But, like, Hurst also young. What Austin Hooper was. Yeah. No, he's not, but he's young. He's 27. So, it'll be interesting to see, like, what they... Like, they're, yeah, they're young like their there. Their D-line, like, the average age on their D-line is 26. That's... Like, Julio Jones, he's getting old. He's 32. So... Like they they gotta bring in Especially some running back, weapons because they don't they really have anything for poor Matt Ryan to deal with. Use some. Um, and that and that's honestly what I think that's a good point because you need to free up some time for Matt Ryan now that he's getting older. He's yeah. a pocket passer. He's not going to run and scramble the ball unless he's in trouble. So you got to be able to run the ball up the gut with him, and you got to be able to play action pass screen passes, stuff like that. Things to free up time for the guy 
to have no. that time to get That's the ball me. down. I didn't get Atlanta's. Otherwise, I don't see Atlanta depending. doing anything this year. That's just me. <laughs> Carolina's the next team, though. In Carolina, they got yeah. some moves and stuff. Yeah, going like, Carolina, it's crazy. This team, I remember going and watching them. It's crazy when you lose Keekly, then you lose Thomas Davis, then you lose Peppers. And this team, Cam Newton's gone. They This team is looking like a new kind of like roster almost. Like it's all – everything has changed in the last few years. And I, I originally I was thinking Carolina could actually fill that void of the Saints and really push the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they got Deshaun Watson. But with all this crap going on with Deshaun Watson right now, I think that it's going to be a hold-up moment kind of and nobody's going to be making moves because they're going to wait and see – with all those charges, I'm not going to touch on it because I don't know if that's true or not, so I'm going to move on from that. But I think this team is the best fit for Deshaun if he gets cleared. Teddy Bridgewater they brought in didn't answer what they needed. Teddy Bridgewater's good, but Christian McCaffrey getting hurt, of course, is where this team is the bread and butter, the leader of the team. Christian McCaffrey goes down, and they they just don't have the backup running, but they don't have a two-tandem system. It's Christian McCaffrey, and he runs the ball. The receivers, DJ Moore, David Moore, Bobby Anderson are great. And actually our old CFL guy, Brandon Zilstra, is a second in there. He's he's decent. And I think that their team, when I'm looking at Carolina's roster, is you could see them maybe take, well, if they can't make a Deshaun deal, look at them to take a QB. Look at them maybe to take an old lineman. They got the old lineman QB hole. Their defense I actually like. Denzel Perryman, Shaq Thomas, Burns, Derek Brown, Hassan Reddick was a huge signing. They have Jeremy Chin. They have some good pieces. I would say that Carolina of the three teams other than Tampa are is the team to watch in the next few years, especially if they get a QB that you can trust. And that's just me. I think that uh, the Carolina Panthers, if they can get in, and I would love to see Deshaun. That's just me. Is if Deshaun Watson could go to one team, I think Carolina would be the best. I know he's mentioned other teams as his top suitors, but and if they don't get him, maybe take a QB here in Carolina. Look for them in the coming years to maybe when Tampa Brady retires, whenever that day comes, Carolina to replace them, or even in a few years to push the push the division. What do you think? Teddy Bridgewater. Well, who's, who's their starting quarterback as of right now? So, yeah, they're in trouble in the quarterback spot. They're the not receiver, winning with him, but like they him. did pick up David Moore uh, from Seattle. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's pretty good. Like, uh, what did he score last year? He had 78 receptions last year Well, he year had some big moves. 1,100, big let's say 1,200 yards. Carolina, 13... I think that that's what they needed is more weapons. Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy and look for them to get a complimentary back, maybe in the draft even. Exactly. And they're in a situation where, like, yeah, you have Christian McCaffrey, which, okay, great running back, great guy, but everyone knows that Carolina moves their offense off off the run. So now by bringing in young receivers, that's what they need to do. They need to bring in some young receivers, and they need to bring in a quarterback to get that offense moving vertically down the field because right now it's all, it's all on the ground. So if you're blitzing, and, like, that's why this poor guy is getting hurt, they're blitzing, they're bringing extra guys, and they know they're running 80% of the, pl- the game. So, oh, yeah. you know, I it's, agree. it's easy That's for exactly a defense to come I up with their strategy for the week. team all year. And then bridging into our next team, the Saints, this team <laughs> like, is done. 
if you're a Saints fan, I'm sorry to hear, but Jameis Winston eating W's <laughs> isn't going to happen anymore. I thought that was hilarious last year. So Drew Brees and the boys, Elvin Kamara, Michael Thomas didn't play that game, but Elvin Kamara lights up Tampa, like lights up Tampa Bay, and their defense, New New Orleans, kills Tampa Bay in the season. And Jameis Winston, the backup QB, is running around eating W's. Like, buddy. You're next this year. Now we get to see the Jameis Winston that we all know, and that's throwing interceptions, and that's what he does. And this team is going to fall so far. Jason Hill is a gimmick, and he's a garbage. I'm sorry to be opinionated, <laughs> but I love that the league loves him but doesn't love Tebow. This guy is a worse version of Tim Tebow. And if you hate Tim Tebow, then you should really hate Taysom Hill because Tim Tebow at least could win some games here. Taysom Hill, what he does is he takes away when he was the QB. Elvin Kamara wasn't even hardly featured. And that should scare you as a Saints fan. That should scare you if you're a big Saints guy. Because yeah, Elvin no. Kamara has got to be the guy that touches the ball the most, even over Michael Thomas. You have the best back in the entire NFL, in my opinion, even over Derrick Henry because of what this guy can do in the pass game. And Jameis Winston is either going to dump off to him or Jameis Winston is going to throw picks. And this team overall has lost way too much, way too much. And they were in the talks with Russell. And I, it doesn't make sense. If you got to trade for Russell Wilson, the Saints, this team won't do it now. But their their defense is decent. But they're going to have to – they've got rid of a lot. Janoris Jenkins is gone. They got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. They had to restructure so much. This team I don't see as – and that's why I touched earlier in the NFC North. Green Bay's got to push Tampa. I think San Francisco, and I'll touch on them later. But the Saints isn't going to be that team anymore. And there's not much to talk about here other than congratulations to Drew Brees on a great career, really. What do you think? And, that, and that's what I think. Like Drew Brees was the glue of that locker room, so to say. And, like, you get yourself in situations, close-knit games. He is one of those guys that we didn't get to see, like, in the locker room. But I'm sure he was verbal and he was a leader. And he's one of those guys, when he talks, you listen, right? Now, do you have everyone in the the locker room now listening to Hill and Jameis Winston? Like, sorry, folks, I'm not listening to uh, Jameis Winston. The bulk is going to catch – the ground yeah, like he's the not more than his receivers this season. And he can he fight. So uh, he's fight it's, like, you know, <laughs> it's like he's eating W's, but can he beat Tampa Bay? No, like really, like and like yeah, he's mobile on his feet, but like when's the last time we saw Jameis Winston do anything? Like he's been riding the bench. Yeah, he's been. He might be like buying into the program and doing everything he should be. But on the field, time in the game, he's had so much time. And he makes off, mental mistakes. And much like me. you know, he's getting older now. And and exactly when you're that young, and like when he was in his prime in the NFL and he came here, yeah, the first couple of years, sometimes a quarterback needs to figure out the NFL. So you give him like a two-year grace as a quarterback. That's what I like to do, being nice. But after that, it was like well, dude, his old team. You are not changing how like. That's the and bridge. The fact that's how that... we bridge into Tampa Bay. That's how I would bridge yeah, like... Tampa Bay. Everybody thought Tampa Bay and Brady was done, and this wasn't yeah, going to exactly. happen. The... You look at this team right now, and Tampa Bay, and that's the best bridge from Winston to Tampa Bay. Really, is Gronk resigns? 
Chris Godwin signs his franchise. They keep Sha- Shaq Barrett. Nunez Roaches re-signs as a D-tackle. But the biggest signing of all of these, and if anybody doesn't understand football, I'm going to break it down super simple here. They will talk all day, other podcasts, all the news about offense and Brady and Godwin and Mike Evans and Fournette. But to be fair, this Tampa Bay team has the best linebacker tandem in Devin White and Levante David. And the re-signing of Levante David is the biggest thing that happened in free agency for me because Tampa Bay, without him, probably doesn't repeat. With Levante David and Devin White there, then you have JPP and Shaq, which is great. But Levante David takes less than Shaq, which is crazy in my opinion, when Levante David is the leader of that defense. And this team is loaded. Like this team, if they can get Sue back, if Sue doesn't come back, like I said, look for him at Detroit, but... Tampa Bay still trying to push for him. This team is loaded. Brady's amazing. I love him. He's my favorite QB. But you got to be fair. This defense last year stepped up in a big way. And I think they won the Super Bowl off their defense, really. Brady did what Brady does, and he made great plays and threw it to Gronk. But keeping Levante David is the bridge. And it's just crazy that James Winston couldn't get this team to the playoffs ever with the talent that they already had. Sure, they brought in guys like Fournette and AB and Gronk, but this team should have been in the at least a wild card team. Well, and that's kind of like, okay, so how do you feel about this? So without them bringing in Gronk and pieces they brought in, okay, do you think Brady would have been able to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I with think the team, that James the same team the playoffs James with Winston. that. I think that the draft they killed with Wirfs and Winfield it would have been interesting to see. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl without Gronky. Gronky's huge. Godwin and Mike Evans are there. AB was a nice piece, but really Scotty Miller could yeah, sit there a- in that hole. So the big one for me is the guy that brought in and Fournette played amazing would have been Gronk yeah. and Fournette. Could they have won without? And I don't know if they win the Super Bowl. They make the playoffs. I think that Gronk and Fournette kind of pushed this team to the brink of amazing and won them the Super Bowl. But and I think that's why Gronk got that deal, that one-year $8 million deal. It can be worth up to 10 And I don't know if they win the Super Bowl. My gut is maybe not. But I think that Brady has done amazing things. And this was the most talented roster that they've had. And like I touched on before, Tampa Bay, I see so far to the divisions and all the teams. And my bridge is going to be into NFC West next. Is Tampa Bay and Green Bay are the two teams so far of the teams we've talked on to really look at Super Bowl contention. Bridging into the NFC West now, this is the wildest division. Like in, I think that I think it might be the most talented division in football, maybe with Arizona looking amazing, the Rams, San Francisco, and Seattle. And when you look at their QBs, you know, Nathan, that's what, how you start a franchise, really. Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy G, and Russell Wilson. If I was rating these all the way down, of course, I'm going Russell Wilson one. And then I'd put Stafford two, Kyler Murray three, and Jimmy four. The one thing as I touch on these teams, just remember those things that I just said is that's how I rate them. Touching on Arizona first, do they get Fitzgerald back? Their signings have been decent with J.J. Watt getting paid way too much, in my opinion. They get Matt Prater, who was good for Detroit and Denver. They got A.J. Green to go with DeAndre Hopkins. Now I'd like to see them re-sign Fitzgerald to help out. So they have a loaded offense, like loaded. That's what I'm hoping. 
They lose Hassan Reddick, though. Their defense, I don't know. Patrick Peterson's old. You let him go. J.J. Watt got paid too much. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I don't know if J.J. Watt, looking at this new TV deal, if he did get paid too much. Um, The thing is, is their defense is kind of young. You bring in J.J. Watt, you got you got a veteran on the field. So maybe he could turn into like a Ray Lewis motivator for their young guys. So with J- a guy like J.J., you're, I feel like, personally, this is my opinion, folks, you're not just paying for the talent that you're going to get on the field. You're also paying for his intellect, you're paying for his opinion, and you're paying for his leadership in the locker room, which I think you got a young team like this, and especially with Kyler Murray, you bring a guy like J.J. Watt in that's pretty much a quarterback killer, and I think it's going to help Murray a lot because you got those two working together, and let's be real, like if J.J. wants to win – He's going to tell Kyler how to get away from these guys and what schemes they're drawing just because of his defensive mindset. And then you got scrimmages. I just think bringing J.J. in really solidifies your defense, and it's going to take guys that maybe weren't playing at the highest level to to find another gear, you know what I mean? Because now you're playing against – like you're playing alongside a future Hall of Famer if that makes any sense. So I think in situations like that, it brings your team up just because you will get those young guys that maybe weren't um, developing at their level or competing at the level, which they should. Now yeah. you bring a guy oh, up and just I can presence see that alone sure. pushes them to the brink. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of how, that's kind of why I like it. Like the dollars. Yeah. It affected them. But if you look at the big picture, what JJ brings to the table, I, I like it. And they they needed they needed something. Well, and it, and it was division, it was so just a it was a that. good splash. Bridging into that, the two teams that did the most right are Arizona. They made a bunch of moves. JJ Watt being their biggest move, I think. And I do like the AJ Green signing. But the Rams, the Rams, the next team on here. Yeah. They they used to be a team that was really fun to watch. They made the Super Bowl, didn't play great against New England. And that Jared Goff, I think that was kind of the slight starting of the end for him in Los Angeles. We'll see what he can do in Detroit. But bringing in Matthew Stafford, this team is aggressive. When they want something, they're going to go get it. Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford. I think this team is the team in the division, to be honest with you. I think going forward, you're going to see, and I've said this for years, is Russell Wilson. When I get to the Seahawks, you're going to hear what I think about him. But Stafford is my number, like, I think by the end of this year, he'll be the number one QB in this division. I think he's going to prove that Detroit held him back, if anything. And I think that you're going to see that he can ball more than Russell Wilson even. And that's just how Matthew Stafford is. Everybody likes Letty Russ Cook, but Matthew Stafford's been cooking since day one. And Matthew Stafford got better when Calvin Johnson retired. It's 5,000 yards statistically. I know people love stats, but I watch Stafford do tons. And this offense is loaded. Cooper Cup is amazing. And then you got Robert Woods. You have a huge signing in Deshaun where Deshaun Jackson could be that break with Stafford's arm. This team could be very, very scary. They got a decent O-line, and their defense is headed up by the best player in the NFL on defense, Aaron Donald. They have Sean Robinson with him at D-tackle. They re-sign Leonard Floyd. And then you have, in my opinion, the best lockdown corner in the entire NFL in Jalen Ramsey. 
Yeah, they are going to be, in my opinion, I put LA number one in that division. And then, sadly enough, I put, uh, well, it's not sadly, it's just I put uh, Arizona next and second. And then I put Seattle in third, just because of all the shit that happened with, uh, yeah, with Russ. But, like, with LA, like, going back to LA, these guys, like, by bringing in Stafford, you got a guy who has true grit. Like, he's not like Goff. He's not going to lay there on the field after he gets licked. You know, he's going to get up. Because when he was in Detroit, this kid got his ass beaten. Like, this kid literally tasted the, the, the turf more than a lot of quarterbacks. And to still, like, hang in there. And he never started speaking negative about Detroit. You know, he was playing for a bad franchise that, you know, wasn't really giving them much. And they weren't winning. And at that point, being a young guy, it's easy to start hating and shit talking and I want out of here. Da, da, da. He never did that. So he's not like he's not gonna bring stress or negatively to your locker room. And uh yeah. I think and I think, I think that he goes to Detroit great like getting golf the fuck out of there. Bridging, so you had 49ers, so that's the next team on the list here is San Francisco, and you had them rated as four. Here's my hot take. Like the biggest thing I'm gonna say about the NFC right now is this team had their best players injured last year. So they get injured early, and you lose Bosa, who is unreal. Like, let's be real here. He is on – he's unreal to watch. And they – I don't know. They then lost Armstead. Like, I would say that this team, if you're looking at this team from the outside in, this is my hot take that this team could push Tampa Bay and Green Bay and win this division if – they get a QB. I don't like this team with Garoppolo, but if they get the right kid in here to run this thing, this team could be very scary. With that defense, it's only a few years removed from that big game versus Green Bay. They got to the Super Bowl, right, two years ago. And I look at, they have Javon Kinlaw, great D tackle. You have, like I said, Armstead. And then you have, on the other side, you have like you have Bosa coming back. Like It's going to be an interesting to see where this team, Richard Sherman's gone. You could see this team taking a corner, something hot in the first round defense. I'd look at defense, really, because the receivers aren't bad. Debo Samuel, there's a few nice ones. Kendrick Bourne wasn't bad. Brandon Ayuk they took last year. And their running backs, they they fit their system, right? Tevon Coleman, if Mostert, it'll be interesting to see. I really like him. Look yeah. at this team as a team that if they stay healthy, that they could move because they got Alex Mack at center. Now they got Trent Williams. They're taking care of the old line. They realized what Tampa Bay realized last year and build an old line, build a D line, try to win games that way. This team is the hot take for me. I think this team could win the division if they get a proper QB in there. I just don't like Garoppolo. See, I'm just, oh, it's just do you know what? Stuff, uh, we'll see if it comes to fruition, uh, right? Like, that's been charged so much. Well, and see, okay, like, I'm not trying to say this did or did not happen. I'm just saying, with how much money and what you would have to give up to get him, like, I'm not saying, and this would be fucked up if they did this. What if it was like staged charges? You know what I mean? Just to make like, there was no controversy around that boy whatsoever. 
Now there's some controversy, some doubt, but he's wanted out forever and couldn't get out. Is this maybe his way of getting the fuck out? And I don't know if you can go after getting out and other teams like, not so much like, the farm to get. You look at that's why Stafford, my boy, got moved so quick as there was nothing. Deshaun Watson would fit the 49ers great, but like you said, what do you give up from five first round picks? Like, and I don't know with that type of thing. Look at AB, what happened to him. It, I don't touch it. But now, but now, like right now, with that all going on. But the, okay. But if you if you look at what happened with ABK, yeah, all that was over his head. But then he dealt with it, and look what they paid for him next to nothing from what he was getting. Right. So if you look at it from a 49ers perspective, and like. Oh, okay, if you get, if if they got Watson, they go to number one in the division. That's my opinion. Like you know, but so really, like okay, you got the, you got these charges and shit over him. But if you bring him in and you pretty much put a leash on the kid and you you have somebody like monitoring him all the time, so he's not going to get in shit. I think don't let him talk to the press. The NFL like I, I like think you make Mahomes. a run with him, right? Like, I think you almost have then, to, like, like that, it's shit because he's such a high end talent, right? Yeah, I think he almost needs to be the face of the franchise where you're paying him that much. He wants to be included on these opinions. And I think that it could be staged, but not in his control. I think a lot of people come forward when they see the money. And that's kind of where the bridge is to Seattle, our last team, Russell Wilson. It's crazy how this guy was exactly as being the greatest attitude for all these years. Yep. And now he comes out and roasts his old line. And I get that he's frustrated. And it was his, not, not him, but oh, the people that work with him and all this shit. Excuse me, but Seattle fans, and I'm going to throw this out here, and there's some listeners that are going to hate me for saying this. Most of them are homers. They don't understand football, and they always thought, let Russ cook. You look at when you were the best. Was Russ cooking? No, he wasn't. He was handing the ball to Marshawn, beast mode, and beast mode was shedding 11 Saints to go in the end zone. Those years are gone, and that's the thing. Russ got paid. And Pete Carroll made that yep. sacrifice. He lost defensive players to do this. You're paying a man that much money. Maybe take a pay cut like Brady and the boys do. Shut yep. your mouth. And then get some guys in to help you out rather than complain. I get driven nuts when I hear about QBs complaining about stuff. When you're paid so much money. And Russell Wilson is great. I think he's a top five. I love Russell Wilson. But I think this was a huge thing. And it could have been blown out of proportion. So I'm not going to hate on him too much. But if it is true what is said, that he's bitching and complaining, I'm sorry to tell you, but the years you were the best was Legion of Boom, baby, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and Marshawn Lynch. And those are how you got to the Super Bowl. And your defense was damn near unstoppable. Sherman was just unbelievable in those years. And I think that this team could easily fall off when you have a feud like that in your locker room. Yeah, like, so with with that situation, like, with moving, like, so Sherman got moved, a whole bunch of players. Yeah, uh, he's Lynch ended up now. moving and then retiring and shit. Or did he retire? Yeah, he's retired. Yeah, yeah, he's retired now. Because I thought he came back for a minute, but no, he, he retired. But, like, when you lose pieces like that, and then looking at Lynch, the reason, yeah, like, the reason they were so successful is because you had the ball off, but then going to play action, like I've been talking about all, all day, is that's how Russell Wilson's throwing game got so good. It's because of Lynch. 
You, you have the defense petrified that he's going to get the ball, so they bite on the play action, leaving your receivers wide open. They got, they got uh, two strides on their DBs, you know what I mean? So because the DBs are coming, they're encroaching, trying to stop the run, and that's, that's why they were so dominant. And like you said, their defense now, Russell Wilson, like, he does have an attitude, and he's kind of a crybaby. And I, uh, the reason, like, I don't know the guy personally or nothing, but if you look at him during the Super Bowl, he's sitting there with his wife. Oh my God! Tell me. He, Sorry, yeah, I yeah, lost yeah. you there for a second. So, uh, yeah, no, he. But anyways, that's all. So good. yeah, we uh, and then you get uh, you get his girlfriend, who's like a pop singer, talking to the commissioner about football, and you're sitting there pouting. On national television, buddy, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, why? Why aren't you talking to this guy? So, well, and to just the pay, right? Like, the, you're paying like the top four QBs for pay are Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Mahomes. Um, what's his name? Mahomes. Yeah, and like, Mahomes is the only one that actually 100%. deserves what he's paid, right? Like, I'm sorry, but Russell Wilson should not be even in the talks no, with Aaron Rodgers. No, well, and I, I feel like the reason he is is because when the Seahawks won, uh, that's when Lynch was doing the beast mode thing. And I feel like so many people jumped onto that bandwagon. Like, for example, my cousin Sienna, <laughs> she, the only reason she picked Seattle to be her team was because of the colors of their jersey. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, you know what I mean? And, but it was like right around the time when they were blowing up, they were trending, they had Lynch, they had Sherman, everything was clicking. And they, I feel like their fan base almost doubled. Now. Oh, in Alberta, where I'm at, same, it doubled for sure. It used to be Packer Nation up here because the same colors as our team in the CFL. But you know what? It doubled, it easily doubled. And I think that oh, you have a lot of uneducated Seattle Seahawks fans. And there's some super smart guys. My test always with Seattle was this, is do you know who Steve Largent is? <laughs> if you don't know who Steve Largent is, the best receiver, then let's chat down the road. I got in an argument years ago in a bar with a guy. And he's like, oh, I'm an old-time Seahawks fan. I have Sean Alexander jersey. And I thought, you don't realize who you're talking to. Sean Alexander was in the Super Bowl with you guys in 06. That's not a... So you jumped on that first wave. And I think that's what yeah. built up, right? Is You have these people that jumped on the 06 one with Matt Hasselback and Sean. Few survived till Russ came in. He was now Russell Wilson. And you have all these people that watch, not every team, they just watch their Seahawks and think Russell Wilson is just amazing. And Russell Wilson is great. And he is good. I'm not going to kick he's him consistent. down. He's the top five, but... And he's top five, really, at the end of the day. But I just laugh because when you listen to guys like Chris Sims, and I'm going to roast him <laughs> because he's an idiot, because you rate Brady as 14th last year going in. I'll never forget it. You rate him on your thing, and you're still paid just because your dad's Phil Sims. Is you rate him 14th, and you have Carson Wentz rated ahead of him, Russell Wilson, all these guys, and Brady wins another one. So what do you rate Brady right now? Like, really – Mahomes, in my opinion, is number one. I would put Brady and Rogers just because maybe not talent wise, but Brady wins. Rogers is up there, but 
Mahomes maybe athletically, but he Brady and see with me, I, I put Brady number one, and then it comes down to it comes down to yeah. um yeah skill, uh but game management like every time he's on the field, his poise, he's calm, um and then his work ethic, like he gets his whole team prepared, uh he's taking pay cuts to better his team, and like. You you go you don't just is when I'm rating a player I don't just look at talent I look at like what are they going to do for the team and like when we were talking about Arizona when we we're touching on them AJ Watt in the locker room when you have Tom Brady in a locker room like let's say you have a young guy that like drops a ball or something and then you have the goat come and like give you some motivation this is like arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game that's telling you you can be something, it's going to change your young players a hundredfold. Oh, and I, so, I, I can't Autumn, agree more. It's, I put Brady as number one, but if you're built, I guess if I was building get, a franchise at this point, you had to have to take, you'd have exactly. to go Mahomes because of age, but Brady's number one. And I just think that it's funny that every time they talk big name guys, that the number one, person is always going to be Mahomes, then Russ, then Dak, then Deshaun. Like Some people actually think Deshaun Watson is number two. And it's like, you're uneducated if you think that. He's had every chance. He's had every chance to prove himself. And the beginning of the year last year, you watched the Chiefs completely... So, to, my him. argument would be to anybody putting uh, Deshaun Watson at number two, just one question. How many playoff wins does the dude have? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's just it, right? <laughs> yeah, stay in your lane. It's like I'm taking Allen from uh, Buffalo over uh, Watson. You know, the guy showed more. Yeah, that's a, and that's a hot take. Most people would say you're not. No. They don't put Josh Allen up there. Like, you know, the guy shows grit. He shows fire. He shows determination to win. Uh, he got sent to Buffalo. Now, if you're going back five years ago. Nobody in the fucking NFL wanted to go to Buffalo, you know? So, like. And he didn't want to go to the big city. That's what he even said. It's interesting that you say that because Josh Allen's like, he doesn't want to go to the big city. He loves Buffalo. That's a fit for him. He likes that. And Buffalo, I think, is the number two team. We'll touch on that next time when we talk about AFC, then probably next week. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't see what, like, and I yeah. know we're talking NFC today, so maybe stay on Russell a bit more. But Russell Wilson is a top five. But it's funny that people make excuses. And I listened to that the other day, actually. Forget where, but even Mahomes. When Cam Newton sucked in the Super Bowl, everybody, he's done, he's done. And Mahomes played good, but he got his ass kicked in the Super Bowl. So they all made excuses. And I'm all for it because Mahomes didn't have the old line. But... It's a team game. Russell Wilson roasting his O-line or his people or whoever that was, was not a smart move considering Seattle got beat in the first round of the playoffs last year and outplayed by the Jared Goff Rams, not the Matthew Stafford Rams. So look for the Rams to win that division, like you said. That's like a wrap-up kind of here in the next few minutes is I would look at the first division we talked about was the East. I like Washington, and you so, said you like Washington. I agree. I so, you're going, so picks for the East, you're going Washington? I am as well. So what do you yeah. think for the North? 
I see Green Bay. I just I hate that team so much. But at the end of the day, it's because they beat Detroit every. I, it's got. Uh, I'm going well. with you there. It's 100 Green Bay going to the South. I'm taking Tampa. I don't see like the Saints. There's not going to be close games like there was last year. The, like, no, Tampa's got that one. I think that one is the 100. percent I think Tampa Bay wins that one, and I think they're going to win it pretty handedly. I like I said when we touched on that division. Look at Carolina if they get a QB to be number two. Actually, I see them kind of leapfrogging, and even Atlanta if they got a the few pieces in there. It won't be this year; it could be in a few years. But my hot take would be the Saints. Could I fall. could see the Saints if Carolina got like a quarterback and another piece on offense. I could see them. It would be close just on paper right now, but uh, that game would determine who was in last because. Just with uh, Matt Ryan, he's he's gonna win. He's gonna win you games. So I I would put Tampa first, then Atlanta, and then it'd be a toss up for third and fourth in that division with the Saints and. Which is respectful, yeah. yeah. I just see Carolina, but Atlanta was good, like you said. Now in the last division is where we actually debate. I think is we both think the Rams uh, win. It'll. I think it's it's between the Rams and Arizona right now. In that division. And I think the 49ers, but I'm going to take the Rams. But I, and even Seattle, if they got some things going again, but I think this division, you could see at 500 and above. That's kind of my prediction. Even Seattle isn't going to be below an eight and eight record. And they, that might be last place. Like they could be nine and seven and be last place. I guess there's an extra game this year, right? So nine and eight. They could, they could be the last place with a winning record where I could, I, I just love the Rams. I love a lot what they did. And Arizona, like you said, those are the two picks, but it's San Fran. If they got a QB. And see San Fran. And like you said, QB is clutch. Cause I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he almost like folds in the playoffs. You know what I mean? He's not like he's under pressure. The guy isn't, and he's not going to have like a crazy season in my opinion. Like, no, he and they tried to get rid of him, right? Like it'll that'll be, I think, the thing that we talk about is this division, the NFC West, is going to be crazy. It'll be interesting in the coming weeks what happens if there's any big signings or anything there. It would be, it'll be very cool to see what goes on. And then for your NFC Super Bowl pick, who do you see going? To I see a repeat from Tom Brady. It'll be LA or Tom. It'll be LA or Tampa. In my opinion, I don't think Green Bay brought in enough to push them over. So that's why I would have to give it to Tampa. Just like looking at what everybody else did. Um, uh, Tampa, they they bettered their team. L.A. did as well. Um, Green Bay didn't make, they didn't improve as much as Tampa and L.A. And I think that they'll try in the dry. I honestly think that in a month, two months from now, when we talk is, and I hate Green Bay, but I'll make that well known. <laughs> is, uh, if they get a receipt, if they get a receiver in the draft, there's right yeah, up there. Yeah, hundred percent. They just they. But I pick Tampa too. I'm, I'm going to stick with Tampa, the Rams, and I think Green Bay. But my dark horse, like I touched on, is if San Fran gets a QB. Look at that team to maybe upset Tampa. If anybody can upset them, they got the O-line and D-line and Tampa Bay. That would be the matchup that Tampa Bay would hate the most, I think, is they won the line battles is what won them the Super Bowl. 
and if they can, if San Fran can get in a line fight with somebody, that could be some crazy stuff. And look at them. Maybe if Fitzgerald doesn't stay going to yeah. San Fran, I, I, little, I look at LA giving Tampa their biggest run for their money, just with Stafford there. Um, yeah, he's and younger. Uh, the guy, he can sling the ball. He can run. He's way more offensive-minded and pushes the ball way better than Goff, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I just think he makes L.A. a lot more of an offensive threat, which that was a lot of teams' problems going against Tampa, I feel. They couldn't match Brady's offense. So Right. So then in closing, we both picked Tampa. We got about a minute left here of it. What You're going to close out the show for us. What is your hottest take that you want for the coming week what do you want to see in the nfl from the uh, nfc from the nfc i well I, i'd love to know what the hell is going on in dallas like you're giving players money like zeke's like you know there's just too much it's one of the like it's an iconic organization and they're just the, there's so much garbage happening there right now that just it's not making sense to me. And then I would like to know kind of if, like, are the Seahawks trading Wilson? Are they keeping him? What's going on? Like, you know, like, I, I, oh, for sure. That's kind of my one. I want to see in the next week what goes yeah, on. Yeah, like, that Wilson. one is up in the air for me. It's like, okay, as, as a guy who played O line and everything, if I'm an old lineman and if what is said is true and he was shit talking to his old lineman, it is now time to really think like, if I'm an old lineman, I'm not, why, why am I going to protect a guy that's shit talking me? You know what I mean? Like as a, as well, a man, and- it's like, you know, you got morals. It's like, fuck you. You're going to let him through a couple times and then let his bell get rung. And okay. Now you still talk shit or what? And my closing statement, and then I'll let you close out the show, was this. And this is what I want listeners to think of is this is the wildest thing, but it could happen. Is Russell Wilson gets traded. They get all those picks. Seattle uses those picks, gets Deshaun Watson in Seattle. And then what happens to Russell Wilson if Deshaun Watson goes into Seattle and Seattle then becomes a juggernaut? Then is this team, is Russ that good? And then you're going to have to address those things and. I, I, that's kind of my take is I'd like to see almost that happen. And then we see who's better Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. So do you think, okay, that's a good, do you think the, do you think that trade could happen straight across Watson for Westbrook? No, because I don't see Russell Wilson going on his list. His Houston, he's not going to want to go to rebuild, but I see like if he gets traded, Russell Wilson, Seattle could easily use those picks, yeah. right? Get Deshaun Watson in there. And then, see what happens and I think Seattle then I think Deshaun Watson I think he is high up there I think he's better than Russell Wilson and I think that Deshaun Watson could take that team not to the Super Bowl but I think high so longer does, in the playoffs does, so that's my take. Uh, Wilson does he have a no trade clause yeah I believe so so he has five teams I think it was Chicago New Orleans oh who are the other three Chicago New Orleans I'm blanking. But here. okay, New Orleans, Chicago. New Orleans kind of made more sense. Chicago, yeah, Chicago. Oh, Raiders. Las Vegas was one of them, and then the other teams. I can't. I'm blanking. There's two other teams on that list that he had 
and it just didn't. It, I don't know. They're not gonna. He's not gonna go to a team that isn't gonna win. Right and see, now. Uh, the couple teams that you just told me doesn't make sense. So why would you want to go to the Saints? Then you gotta play against Brady at least twice in the season. Um, sorry. And the picks. Yeah, they give and up, your right? team isn't better, so you're gonna lose to him every time. Then if you go to the Raiders, you're playing against the Chiefs twice this season. Sorry, bud, you're not better than Mahomes. You're not winning, so you're in the you're in a better. Oh no, he's not in a better situation than he is now. Like the best division he could probably go to would be like the AFC South. Miami was one of the other teams. They but again, they're not beating Buffalo. Like he's he's. I don't think any of these teams are better than Seattle other than I think New Orleans. AFC South or AFC North, if he wanted to go to like a team where he could like win the division, those those would be the ones. The AFC Yeah. But yeah, that's my hot take. I think we'll be touching on that next week probably too, see where that all goes. So I'll let you close up. Sounds the show good. There, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, folks. Um, it's been a pleasure having you all here. Uh, another episode of Let's Talk Sports with your host, the personality, and the specimen. Uh, we will talk to you next week, folks. Stay, stay safe out there, and uh, talk soon.